Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast Weekly Sermon Podcast. We want you to know that we're excited about our brand new church facility located on 1331 Cove Road in New Bedford, Massachusetts. We offer three service times for you to choose from. We have kids classes for all ages so parents can enjoy the service while kids learn about Jesus. We'd love to host you in person, Saturdays at 5 p.m. or Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Now, here's an encouraging word. Listen, a virgin will be pregnant and she will, be give, she will give birth to a son and it will be known as Emmanuel, which means in Hebrew, God became one of us. I feel his presence so tangible in this room right now. And I pray right now that you would all be able to encounter the true living Jesus Christ, who is the author and finisher of life. Would you pray with me? Father, open our hearts to see you. Open our hearts to feel you, to know you. I pray today, Lord, we can all say, I've gotten closer to God and his heart and his will and his purpose for my life. So open our hearts to your word, God. You are the living word. Come in and minister to every heart, every mind. Behind every heart in this room, Father, there is a need for you that only you can meet. So I pray that every heart is open and every mind is receptive to receive the greatest gift of all, which is your presence in our lives. Have your way, we pray, not just in us, but also have your way through us. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen, amen, amen. Hey, high five, five people, tell them I'm glad you made it today and you can have a seat. I want to briefly share with you another layer of what we've been talking about the last few weeks, how church starts our home where God starts with one person. And God has a plan that's bigger than just that one person, that God has a plan for the family, but that family is meant to be a blessing to everybody around them, right? And so, I got a question for you this morning. How many of you guys have some form of allergy? How many of you guys have some form of allergy that you deal with? You know, um, I used to pride myself after not having any allergies, not taking any medicine, not getting sick. I was like, I'm African. We don't believe in germs. We don't get sick. And then a few years ago, I started noticing something. I started noticing that a couple of things were making me feel a little weird. I started noticing that every time I had pineapple, that my tongue was growing extra tongue. I started like, man, this just doesn't feel right, you know? And I started losing flavor in my mouth every time I had pineapple. And I realized, wait, perhaps I'm not supposed to have pineapples. And then, not, and, then a, and then a few months later, I started realizing that every time I used mouthwash, my tongue was like, nah, we're not doing this. My tongue was just like not receiving it, and I started having weird stuff happening in my tongue. And I started kind of looking like this guy over here on this picture over here. I started looking like, <laughs> like, you ever seen the movie Hitch with Will Smith where he had a food allergy? Um, Honestly, that's a little bit of exaggeration. Uh, I felt that way, but I didn't look that way. And, um, and I love Will Smith, so I want to use this illustration somehow. But what's interesting is I was thinking about the fact that 
my allergy now has made me have to stop eating pineapples. But worst is my allergies made me have to switch my version of mouthwash that I use. Because the regular mouthwash was not good for me, so I was suggested that I should try the zero alcohol version, which now, that's what I used. But it's too bad because I like the original version more than I like the zero alcohol version. But my allergies, the way my allergies are set up, if I, can, if I have the original, I'm gonna have some issues, so I've settled for the lesser version of mouthwash. And I was thinking about this because I feel like when it comes to Christmas, we have now been given two versions of Christmas. You know, we have the original version, but now we have the sanitized, filtered, commercialized version of Christmas. And it's very unfortunate because I think the original version is way more powerful, way more meaningful, more and more impactful than the version that we've created and we've kind of dumbed down and made it commercialized and we made it more palatable and more commercial. It's easier to sell the filter version than it is to sell the original version. Are you with me so far? But my friends, today I want to just help you understand a little bit here that the, the filter version that we have today didn't come into play until four centuries after the original version. Did you know this? The, the version that we have today, the December 25th version, didn't come into existence until the fourth century where the Roman Empire made Jesus, I mean Christianity, the official religion of their empire, and they're like, let's take this pagan holiday that we usually have, what if we made that a, a Christian holiday so people can really pay attention, and so they came up with this thing called Christ Mass. Let's do Christ Mass so the masses can know this Christ. And, you know, did you know that the original uh, uh, Christmas didn't have a Christmas tree? Because if you Google Israel, they don't have Christmas trees. There was no ornaments. All that stuff came in later when, when the Romans took over the Christianity, basically, and began to secularize it, institutionalize it so it could be more palatable. But unfortunately, I think it has given us a lesser version of what the thing is actual. I think the, the, the original one is way more powerful, way more meaningful, and it can impact your life this day. It's so relevant, it's so real, it's so powerful that if God became one of us, it can impact your now, not just a holiday, but a way of life. Can you say amen? See, the real version for me, the best way I can explain it to you, the real version is a beautiful mess. It's messy. And I like that it's a beautiful mess because life is a beautiful mess, right? Isn't it true? There are moments in life that you're like, this is amazing, it's beautiful, it's awesome, but there's also moments that you're like, this is messy, this is confusing, I don't understand. My friends, the real version is beautiful and messy because life is both beautiful and messy all at the same time. Look at your neighbor and tell them you're a beautiful mess. Now, fellas, this is an alley-oop moment. You gotta look at the right neighbor and say, you could be my beautiful mess. I try every week, I throw alley-oops every week. Guys are like, uh, what do I do with it? But it's a beautiful mess. Now, let's get a little closer to this beautiful mess for you to fully appreciate and understand it that, listen, Mary and Joseph were just regular couples getting ready to get married. They had their plans. They, they, they had registered all their stuff online. You know, they were ready to, to, to do this, right? They was just, you know, they've done the Instagram posts, you know, the pre-pre-pre-engagement posts, before the pre-engagement posts, and then the engagement posts, and then the engagement posts. Like, they've done all of that stuff, 
And, and, and they're just typical everyday people who believe, like, we're supposed to be together, we're going to get married, and all of a sudden, their plans were disrupted by something greater. Now, you have to understand, this is a very human situation. Mary is getting ready to be married, and all of a sudden, he's, she's pregnant. And think about it, Joseph was like, like, let me tell you this, fellas. If, a, if your woman came up to you and was like, I'm pregnant, but wait, don't panic. God did it. How, yeah, how would you respond? You see how we don't talk about the unfiltered version here? How this will jack up someone's mind and heart? Like, what do you mean? You're, like, we're getting ready to get married and you're pregnant. And you know how weird that is, awkward that is for you to say that God did it? Like, this is the moment that God goes, I knew you were crazy. It's so funny because we always say, I knew you were crazy after all the craziness. It's like, she was crazy all along. Like, that's a message for another time. But... But it's interesting that Joseph was like, I'm going to leave her. This is the unfiltered version. Joseph's like, I'm going to leave her quietly because I don't want to shame her. I don't want to dishonor her. In that time period, if, if someone gets pregnant outside of marriage, that's a big deal. And people would make a big deal out of it. And Mary would have been shunned forever. So Joseph was like, listen, I'm a good dude. I'm not going to do that to you. I'm just going to leave you quietly. Until the angel appears and says, no, Joseph, this is from God. And I want you to embrace this. My friends, the real version of Christianity is uncomfortable. Here's why it's uncomfortable. Because we make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. And so, and so if you're going to catch the real version, then you're going to have to be willing to allow God to disrupt your own version of life that you're living right now for a better version that he has for your life. It's amazing to me that people will continue to live their lives according to what they want, but they'll never pay attention to the disruption that God is trying to bring into your life. I tell people all the time, pay attention to disruptions, and I just coincidence or mistakes. God maybe is trying to say something. And God is an expert of taking pain and turning it into a moment, of divine moment that can shape the rest of your life. So think about this. If God had not disrupted their plan, they would have just been another ordinary couple. We would have never heard about Mary and Joseph. They would just be another couple. They got married, had 2.5 kids, and then, you know, you know the rest. Think about it. There would be no kids named Mary and Joseph. It's one of the most used names in the world. Matter of fact, in our region here, if you fall off a roof, you're going to fall on a Mary or a Joseph. <laughs> right? Because it's, it's such a popular name. Why? Because they allow the disruption of God to take them from ordinary to extraordinary Mary and Joseph with God in the middle of it. That's Christmas. God with us. This is us. God coming into our lives, disrupting our journey and saying, I got something better. And, I, and I, listen, I will challenge you. Whatever your plan is, you might be a dreamer, you might have goals, you might have aspirations, but your goals and aspirations are nothing compared to God's dream for your life and the purpose that he has for every single one of you if you allow him to disrupt the flow of your life and give you something better and greater than what you think you can do for yourself that's why the story is so powerful they had to embrace that think about it they had to embrace that in a society where there was a stigma around this like you you know you something weird going on there because how can she be pregnant and i marry yet? so think about living with that because can you imagine going through your village and tell people no 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 for real it's god People be like, yeah, that's what's wrong with you church people. <laughs> to embrace the real version of Christianity is to embrace 
being shunned by people who are not in tune with God's will for your life? Are you willing to be the, 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 the voice of mockery? Are you willing to let other people look at you and laugh at you because they don't understand what God is doing in your life? That's the real Christmas. Like, it makes no sense for my wife and I to pick up our, our family and move to New Bedford and not know if we're going to have a church. We're not knowing if anybody's going to show up. But guess what? In a few weeks, we're going to celebrate six years of being in New Bedford. It makes no sense. On the natural, it makes no sense. We were already married. We were pregnant with our 10th kid because we have a lot of kids. And God says, pick up and move and start this movement and look around you. I think God had a plan all along for us. So, my friends, the real Christmas requires disruption. And who's willing to allow the disruption to happen so something better can happen? You got to remember that she's pregnant with God and pregnancy is uncomfortable. It takes nine months to conceive a healthy baby. So think about it. She's inconvenienced, not just by a marriage, she's inconvenienced physically. She's inconvenienced emotionally. She's inconvenienced spiritually. My friends, but here's the catch. God says that he has a plan for us. We're all pregnant with possibilities. How many of us are willing to carry the purpose of God in us and to see it to full fruition when it comes to pass? This is us. God with us. It's a disruption of life that leads to greater and better plans. Can you say Amen. See, without Jesus in the middle of this story, they would just be ordinary couples. But when Jesus gets in the middle of the story, an ordinary day becomes extraordinary. A regular family becomes a godly family. A city becomes a city transformed by the power of God's spirit when God invades the ordinary. So, my friends, what I love about this story is it's so ordinary in the natural, but so much supernatural going on. So, for example, like we're all familiar with the nativity scene, which you probably have one in your house, or you, if you're Portuguese, you have one in your backyard. Um, <laughs> I got to stop making fun of my Portuguese friends. Last week, I made fun of your music. Now, I'm making fun of your backyard. But I did tell you, you have the best food, though, so stick with your food. You have the best food. Okay. So keep bringing the food. We'll, we'll, we'll make fun of you for the other stuff. But the nativity story, it's interesting because every nativity has the typical, you know, animals, and you have the baby Jesus, you know, six-pound, eight-ounce baby Jesus. Um, <laughs> hasn't said a word yet. Um, and you have Mary and Joseph. You have the shepherds. You, you have the wise men. But the reality is it didn't happen like that. That's basically a rendition of the filtered version because the truth is the wise men didn't show up until two years later. And there's actually research being done right now and if, you, if you're a nerd like me, you can Google it, but the research says that they were following a, a real star in the sky and there is evidence to be proven that they were following this thing coming from the east all the way to Bethlehem for two years because they were astrologers looking for the sign. And by the time they found it, it was two years later and Jesus was about two years old. The shepherds came a little bit later. But my point is this, it's way more ordinary than we think it was. But that's how God works. God works in the ordinary when you're paying attention. I want to show you a typical Jerusalem, or I mean, sorry, Israel house in the first century. It would look something like this, okay? This is, what, this is a cutout view for you to be able to see the inside. But basically, very humbling, 
peasant homes. This is where Jesus basically grew up. This was he was born. Listen, they, so they, went to, they had to leave their hometown to go do a census, and she started getting the birth pains, and so they were trying to find any place to be able to have this baby. This wasn't unusual for people to house other people in their homes, and so they would have a few animals because that's their source of income. That's their means of, of life, of livelihood, basically. They would have a few animals. Depending on how many animals, they would have a little courtyard where they would put the animals at nighttime. I grew up in a country where we would let our animals roam around. I had a dog that would roam around all day long and didn't show up at night. Like, he had his own life going on. Like, no one knew what he was doing. He would just come home. He was like, I'm home. Hey, hey, nice. Nice of you. Come back home. You know, but, but, but I, I can relate to this. And so they would have a place where they would put the animals. And so that's where basically where Jesus was born. Just a small little space for them to be born. No Instagram posts. No fanfare. Just God invading the ordinary. That's what I love about this story. Like, God comes in the ordinary to make something extraordinary. It's a typical house. It's a typical family. But when God is in the midst, it becomes something else. And I love the fact that he's born in a mess. Because, again, your nativity story doesn't tell the truth about the smell of animals and other stuff that animals do. It's a very messy situation that Jesus, the Son of God, is born into. And, and think about it. This is God. God could have orchestrated something different. God could have said, hey, I want to make sure my son is born in a palace. I want to make sure my son is born at the best hotel. But God's like, no, I want to orchestrate it. My son gets born into a mess. Why? Because God wants to be in the middle of your mess. He's a God that loves to be in the middle of your mess. See... It burns me up when religion says you, you have to have your act together. You got to be a certain way, talk a certain way, act a certain way, dress a certain way. God's like, no, no, forget all that. Look, I come into your mess and I'll make a message out of your life if you let me come in and invade all your mess because God is too good to leave you in your mess. He'll turn your mess into a message. He's a God that knows how to take ordinary lives and make them extraordinary. Is anybody in here used to be a mess, but God has turned you into a mess. That's what I love about this. I can't get enough of this. I can't get enough of testimonies that we do when we have baptisms. I can't get enough of people sending messages saying, man, I just heard just between services, a woman came up to me. She's like, you have no idea where I was a few years ago, a couple of years ago when I came into this church. I was on the streets. I was acting a fool. I was up to no good. But then Jesus came into my mess. You see why the filter version is robbing us of the possibilities of God entering your mess and defining you and redefining you and molding you and shaping you into what he always believed you could be. That's what Christmas is. God evades the mess and he turns it into a message. My friends, that's the real pure gospel of Jesus Christ. Not just a holiday. What a shame would it be, right, for God to come and we turn it into a holiday. 
What a shame would it be, right, for you to have access to God and his plans and his grace and his forgiveness and his love and his mercy, but you shelve it because you're doing the filter as opposed to embracing the unadulterated version. What a shame to try to figure out life without life. What a shame to go through life without the source of life. That's why we need to go deeper and embrace the real version of, of Christmas, which is God with us in our mess, turning it into messages. Can you say amen? Now, I must end on this note, my friends, that the real version requires courage. It takes courage to embrace God's disruptions. It takes courage to embrace the reality that I need help. It takes courage. Listen, go reread the story. You'll see. Mary was not like, he, sometimes we read these, these stories and it sounds like they're robotic. Okay, God, whatever you want. No, Mary was like, are you kidding me? Is this for real? Joseph was like, yo, I'm, I don't want any part of this. But when they were face to face with the reality, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, there's something deeper going on here. I may not know the full outcome of this, but I know enough to trust you, God, that you're taking us somewhere. That's what it takes, my friends, to follow the will and the purpose of God. It takes courage to let people look at you and go, oh, weird. I told you, God starts with one person. It takes courage for you, who is the first one in your family, to keep getting up every week and saying, I know you're not coming, but I'm getting dressed, and I'm going to God's house. I'm going to pursue him. I'm going to follow him. I'm going. I'm going. I don't care what you want to do. That's for me. I've decided I'm going to follow God. I don't know everything. I know enough to say God is with me in my mess, and I'm not going to stay here. I refuse to be a victim. I'm going to be a victor. I'm not done with me yet. God's got a plan and I refuse to settle for something else. My friends, that takes courage. It takes zero courage to do the filtered version. Zero courage. All you got to do is keep doing what you're doing. Everybody wants change, but no one wants change. Think about it. Nothing changes if nothing changes. Change without courage is wishful thinking. It takes courage, my friends. Think about this, right? Think about this. Most people don't see change because, like me, they are allergic, not to mouthwash, but they're allergic to truth. Because here's the thing, my friends, it takes courage to admit, I'm a mess, and I need help. It takes courage to go public and say, Jesus, I've decided to follow you. I decided to allow you into my mess, into my, into my shortcomings, into my sin. It takes courage to say, I'm a sinner, but you are a great savior, and I am in or everything that you have for me. It takes courage where everybody's settling for you to stand. It takes courage to follow the real Christmas. 
But man, it is the greatest decision that anyone could ever make. We would not be talking about Mary and Joseph 2,000 years later if they just did the ordinary. I, I don't know about you guys, but when I get to heaven, I want to I talk to them and be like, yo, you guys are the real G's. Like, you, you didn't conform to the American dream. You conformed to God's dream. You, it's not the same thing. It's not the same. American dream, that's too small. God's dream is for legacy, that people will talk about you, that your kids, and your kids' kids, and your kids' kids will say, God is good, he's faithful. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me every step of the way. Oh, it takes courage. It takes courage. It takes courage to die on a cross for whosoever. That's crazy. Jesus basically said, I'm gonna give my life for whosoever. Would you do that? Would you, do, would you give your son for whosoever? I don't even let two people babysit my kids. But God so loved the world that he's like, I'm, I'm giving my son for whosoever. Whosoever is anyone who wants to embrace the disruption for something better, for something greater. So would you stand with me as we pray today? I wanna to talk to some people who are like, man, I'm ready for disruption. I'm ready for a change. I'm ready for something real, significant. I don't want just a, a holiday and then go back to the same old. I want a lifestyle. I want a life of grace and power, of healing, of, of breakthrough, of generations and legacy to come. That's Christmas, my friends. The God of the mundane who will take ordinary people and do extraordinary things with them. But it takes courage. Can you imagine this week for Christmas someone gives you a gift and they're like, I love you. This gift is my heart to you. And you take the gift and you unwrap it and it's a book, but the book says how not to be rude. How would you take that gift? You would say, I'm not rude. Because it's a gift, but it comes with exposure. It's a gift that exposes something in us. And then another person comes and says, hey, I also love you, and I also want what's the best for you, so I got you a gift card, and the gift card is to a gym. What would you say? What are you guys trying to tell me? My friend, what God is trying to say is, I have a gift for you, but are you willing to embrace being disrupted? Are you willing to confess that you're not enough? Would you be willing to drop what you have so you can pick up what I have? See, Christmas is an exchange. My sin for God's grace. My plans for God's purpose. So today, my friends, God gathers us to say who is listening to the disruption that I'm trying to bring? Who is pregnant with possibilities here? Who wants to birth something better and greater for their lives this morning? That's Christmas. That is God with us on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Friday. You notice, he doesn't tell you what day Jesus was born. I love that, because you never know when the disruption's coming. 
I just got to be paying attention to what God's doing. And I believe this is a divine moment. Would you, would you join me in prayer for this moment? Because it's so personal. You have to embrace it from a personal standpoint. Would you bow your heads with me? The reason why we like to bow our heads and close our eyes is that, hey, I got my own mess to focus on. I don't need to focus on your mess. But I want to pray that Jesus today will invade your life like never before. I want to pray that you allow the gift of Christmas, which is Christ himself, to come into your life and transform you from the inside out. Take you on a journey like never before. If you're ready to go on this journey, the thing is this, my friends. A gift has to be received. Who's willing to receive it? That's totally up to each one of us. We can say, hey, I already like the filter version, I like the commercial version. Guess I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to some people like, man, I want something more. I want, I want real, I want power, I want grace, I want mercy, I want purpose. I want to wake up in the morning and have purpose. I want Jesus, I want life. So with every head, bow, eyes closed, I want to pray. And I want to give you the chance to make this greatest decision of your life. And if I'm talking to you, do me a favor so I know I'm talking to you. Just, just lift your hand where you are and say, that's me. Pray for me. I'm, I'm ready for Jesus to invade me. I'm ready for a shift. I'm ready for transformation. Anyone else? I'm about to pray. Just keep your hand up. I see you. I see you everywhere. I see you everywhere. Anyone else? Don't miss this moment. It's the greatest moment of your life. We're all going to pray together, especially you guys who lifted your hands. Pray with me. But pray from your heart. You've got to mean it. It's got to be from your heart. It's got to be from your soul. We just say, Father, I'm ready. I heard it, and I'm ready. Jesus, come into my life. Disrupt it. Mold it. Shape it. Forgive me and empower me. Because I want to live in the fullness of your will. I believe. And you can turn my mess into a message. So Holy Spirit, fill me and have your way, not just in me, but through me. So I pray with confidence in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, share with a friend. And for more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, have a blessed week.